I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We've got uh, we've got four other hunks on the line tonight. So looking forward to another generic conversation here. I don't even know what we're gonna get into. I think we have a topic for tonight, maybe. Kind of we're just gonna kind of roll. We're gonna, we're gonna roll with it. So allegedly. <laughs> we have an alleged topic tonight. <laughs> if we get any cease and desist letters. Oh. oh. And insert the editing already. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> All right. So we have on the call tonight, we have Mr. Tom Venata. Hello. Hello. Fresh off a Hello. trout bender. Yeah, you've been tearing it up there. Uh, was this a truck <clears throat> trout bender? Mm-hmm. Try my favorite. Did you save any for bait? I kept one. I had one go on me, but it's not bait. That's right. food, food. Are I you actually like it? trout. Yeah, I like trout. People always talk shit on trout and how they taste, but I actually I really like them. I don't just don't keep them unless I have to. I've decided I'm no longer booing Tom on the trout. I said this because he started. knows he's going to be going soon. No, it, I mean, I, I might. I don't know, but I feel like. I'm no. I'm just not going to take part in in beating on people for trout fishing anymore. I feel like if you can get out and you're doing what you love to do, that's it. That's always a good thing. Beautiful. I'm only booing them for not keeping them. I yeah, I used to. This bait. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go pay twenty bucks a fish somewhere for the same thing. Yeah. You know what? What'll make Don yeah. even more mad is that I could just catch one and put one on and stand a chance at like catching a muskie where I'm at, but I don't. That's what Donnie's saying. Yeah, perfect live bait. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you just hang one off the back of the boat? Yeah, I don't feel like it. I go to just enjoy. Like I, I do that. Like Ryan was saying, just to like get back to fishing. Like I feel like through the year I get so far away from like why I got into fishing, and by like come this time of year I'm ready to just go like fish, like not for muskie, just fish. Yeah, but you'll spend an entire day. Hell yeah, since sunrise to sunset. See, that's that's what's crazy to me is like I love to fish too, and I love to. Yeah, like, but have you ever gone twelve and... hours just whamming fish all day to the point where, like, at the end of the day, you're tired of catching fish? Where you're like, okay, I'm good. I caught enough today. No, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean I w- i'm sure that i'm sure that would be fun i'm sure that would be fun but on a weekend hey, but even on a weekend i mean geez w- with my kids and everything i could i couldn't even excuse that you know a 12 hour i i would love to go for two hours three hours that's that's and that's kind of what i mean like that's what i what i kind of envisioned by hey going out and all the trout fishing you need i can yeah dude, this is a dude this is what's great about it is Tom wants to go out there and I don't spend care. 12, I'll 14 go back hours tomorrow on for truck 12 trip. more hours. Just, I, I feel like as, as long as Tom boy's happy. Yeah. The one part I don't get is if you're out there all day, why I don't know how it would hinder you to have one hanging on a, off the back there. I could. Right. It's just a, I don't know. Then you're, don't you feel can like ram it. on trout all day. 
and maybe reown a muskie at some point. Yeah. I don't have a lot of confidence in this time. place as a muskie producer. Like, I, I don't know. I there's, could. Maybe I will. There's fish in there. We also have on the call tonight <laughs> since I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, since we got diverted already. <sighs> we have our northernmost correspondent, Mr. Nick Fiesler. Good evening. Good evening, yes, sir. You're uh you're living the bachelor life right now, right? Oh yeah. All right. Well, that's that's good. It's good to see your smiling face. All right. We also have on the call tonight, Mr. Donnie Swink. Evening, boys. Evening, good. Donnie boy. Good evening, sir. And lastly, we have Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, guys. Glad to be here. Looking forward to this one. Just gonna just kind of guess shoot the shit for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Talk Again. about trout. Talk about trout. Me. Let's go. All right. So what is uh what what do we think we wanted to get into here tonight? Well, we're kind of winding we're winding down, I guess, most of our seasons. And I think there had been some question of okay, well, it, who's who is still planning on fishing from here on out? And if you are, what's your kind of game plan, I guess? And what are your what are your plans? Does that, does that sound sound like a fair question, Nick? Donnie, yeah. you got I know you guys are are the ones plan that really plan on going out there and chasing chasing the big fall giant. I'm hoping to. I mean, this year has been a little bit tougher to get out <laughs> than uh, previous. And I'm sure uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, but I'm hoping to at least get out a, a couple more times. That's about where I'm at. I think I'm in a similar uh, plan as you as well. The uh, the Donnie Swink School of Live Bait. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't use that stuff. I'll sell you uh, trout for 30 bucks a pot. What are the rules on live bait in Pennsylvania? Can you... It's the wild, wild west. Yeah, is it? Three rods a man. Yeah. I think there are more rules about, like, catching and possessing live bait than there are about, like... Yeah, that's the... There's more rules about, like, transporting it Mm -hmm. from watershed to watershed. And if you're using, like, game fish for bait, like, say, say Tom wanted to... Brown trout. Yeah, trout on a a hook. Then you just have to count it towards your daily limit Mm -hmm. as long as it's in season. So, like, you could have whatever you're allowed, whatever, five I feel like that's a hard thing to enforce, because what if I already had, like, five brown trout, like, yanked off my quickset rigs? Then they're gone. They're no longer in your possession. So they're not, they don't count toward my limit. That's, like, undoes my limit. It's like losing your stringer. Yeah. Muskie eats them. They reset on that. Interesting. You get to to keep more. I, uh, my dad told me a story about years ago what they did pike fishing here. They would take like live mice and put them on like a floating board and just I've like heard, I've heard that. Story. Yeah, where have I heard that before? I don't, I don't know if it was from one of you or maybe it was Nick that told, told yeah, that. Yeah, that's what um, like the story that my uncles have told me that supposedly my grandpa used to do in LaBeouf, but mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone actually do it. My dad claims that that his dad did it, yeah. Too. So I mean, I I just talked to him about that recently because I think we might have brought this up on the podcast before. I don't remember, but like the way he described it to me is, 
they basically just like rig this thing up, send it out on this board, and then just rip the board right from underneath them. So then it swims back to so the... just like so it's constantly trying to get to the it's board. a little archaic. Yeah. And yeah. I've heard anything from like mice, squirrels, muskrats, like all kinds of I never heard about that creatures. Yeah, that's is that wild. what you plan on doing this fall then, Nick? Some yeah. mice and two by fours. That's right. When we talk about live bait, we are definitely talking about mice and two by fours. Okay, that's the game plan. Yep, nice. I I also like to rotate in a frog, a live uh, live mm-hmm. bullfrog. I've I've I fucked up a few frogs in my life. See, oh yeah, I have back in the day the frogs, the tadpoles, the mm-hmm. anything you could catch near the shore. <clears throat> See what's not legal is using salamanders. I I knew that actually, which is weird. Really, especially with how good they work as bait. Yeah. How would you know that, Nick? What's that? How they work really well? <laughs> oh, I. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. That's right. They they make allegedly. enough rubber salamander baits out there on the market to prove right. that. But in well, Pennsylvania, what about bluegill? you're not allowed to catch them. Oh, what about yeah. bluegill? Like, yeah. I mean, can you you're, just... You're like, only they're... allowed... Yeah, you're allowed like 50... Pack them up. Use them live. Right. Yeah, that's wild. I never think about that stuff anymore. That's how a lot of the places around me, like when we would catfish, they got cleared out of bluegill because like the catfishing guys would go there every single night, catch like their 30 to 50 bluegill, haul them out, go back like the next weekend, 30 to 50 more. And then before you know it, like you can't catch bait out of this little pond anymore because it's Mm -hmm. wiped. Yeah, finding a good bait spot gets harder and harder. Yeah. Well, like I said, I will sell you guys brown trout, $30 a piece delivered to your door, 12 to 14 weeks, just like the stickers. Hear that, so, listeners? Anywhere in our listening audience, Tom <laughs> will deliver. You hear that, IRS? And, <laughs> and you'll get... Fish and Boat Commission, and <laughs> you'll get a free musky Hunk sticker with every order. Maybe. Maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, right. what, what, so what's the plan, then? Who, what, what are you guys planning on doing? I want to ask... Yeah. That was the question, right? I yeah. was able to pick up some suckers. I got them in a cooler on the deck with the aerator going. Now I just have to wait uh, for Larissa to get back so I can sneak away. You're going out tonight? No. She'll when be gone you... all week. So when? Next, oh, maybe next weekend. Okay, I was gonna say because uh, I'm gonna be. I might be up there, up around there this weekend. I was gonna say if you're gonna sneak out and uh, dunk a few. You bring in a babysitter. I can soak a uh, few. I can pawn weight off with. Uh, you know what, boy? I'll tell you <laughs> what, man. I, I, listen, no, my my kids are getting to that age, dude. My daughter, my my twelve, my daughter's going to be twelve this year. There you go. I mean, you know, that that's sounds like a babysitter something... to me. Oh yeah, for sure. So, anyways, but uh, so how so what, how's Wade doing without mommy around? Good. He's unaware, you know. So. He's unaware. Like, what you did to drug him? <laughs> you drug him? I don't think she realizes which one of us. Set a statue up that looks like her with a wig or something. Yeah, cardboard cutouts, various <laughs> throughout the house. That's amazing. And, and she's gone for a week. Well, uh, till Tuesday. Oh boy. Oh, Good luck, week. man. Yeah. If you need if you if you need any help, man, I'll 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 be up in the in the in the neighborhood if you need I, a hand. I should be fine. If any explosive. 
explosive diarrhea episodes. I've I've dealt with those before oh, yeah. with my three kids, man. Oh yeah. I love dude, that he I deal with those with Ryan when we go fishing. We got plenty of baby wipes. <laughs> dude, let's hold on. Two things. So <laughs> I'm not the one that has explosive diarrhea. <laughs> oh, 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 allegedly. Allegedly. It ends up in the woods. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. I, there's only one person on the call right now that is crapped in their Yeti product. Yeah, exactly. Built tough. I, can't, I can't lie. Built for the wild, baby. Precarious places. So I mean, I, we all have, but. I love that Nick said, I should be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I should be. He has more confidence than I'd have. I'll, I'll give him that. I've never I'm not terrified been all right. right now. There Any scenario I've been I'm in, terrified so. for him. Why? <laughs> Harriet would be very aware that Chelsea wasn't here. Uh, very that's good. Uh, well, that's that's kind of how I felt about that, Donnie. Like, I, I think my kids would notice immediately. Like know, just like the is. sense, you know. But hey, even you know, at hey, five months old, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, he's, I sang- just, he's hanging with dad. It's all good. That's right. That's we awesome. got it all under control. Is he asleep now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we got. Boy, I'm impressed, Nick. I am very, very impressed. I hey, agree. One man dream team right here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all. And he still managed to get suckers. Yeah. That's that's unbelievable. I got suckers before Larissa. Oh, okay. Now are these good suckers or are they the little wimpy like bass suckers that shops try to sell you? I'm gonna say the smallest ones, like six inches. Okay. Biggest one's probably ten. Ten. Oh, nice. Ooh, when we going, Nick? Whenever you want. Swinky always perks up whenever there's a big sucker around. I I could uh, he gets a nice big fat smile on his face. I'm like my dad when he sees a big fat sucker walking around the lure swap. He gets all fired up (laughs) (laughs) in the exact same way. That's that's really the highlight of the like off season to me is the lure Lure swap. swap, Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day that I was looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't remember. Did they do it in March last year or was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's usually like the first weekend in March, I think. It's the weekend before Musky Max, typically. Is that what it was? So it would have been end of February. Yeah, yeah, February. It's it's definitely February. February. Musky Max is the first. Maybe we should throw a plug in here for 2023 Musky Max. Let me double check before uh, before I say the dates, but I know it is the first weekend in March again. That would be March 4th and 5th at the South Point Printscape Arena. Uh, that is, it is just an amazing event that everyone that we've all, we all started going to, you know, as, as consumers. And now we kind of get to be a part of, uh, I'll have a booth that will be a, a, a punk slash big O's booth. So everyone will be, be around. So might as well go ahead and start plugging that now. So that's the right. first weekend in March. And are they doing the hotel kind of deal again? Or do you know, did they say anything about that yet? You mean like any type of a hotel? Like the discount, like, like say the musky show and I don't I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to talk to Sean about that. Yeah. I'm sure there's something. Um I at least I would think there's some type of a promotion, but we'll we got some time before we figure oh, yeah. that stuff out. Tom Tom wants to get in a fight with some teenagers like Doug last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they were they were Doug's teenagers, I think. Oh, were they? right. No, yeah, they were. And it's all it's all above board. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah, hey, it's, man. A, it's a good time. It's a big what's, party. 
what happens at the hotel at musky max stays at the hotel at musky max i think we should i think we should talk about maybe having like a listener get together on friday night like nothing formal or anything just like it you know if we're pick a bar or restaurant that's not crowded yeah. and just sit around and shoot the shit maybe even record an episode that'd be cool um just you know maybe even talk to some place and get like a, a back room Ooh. we could set up a couple microphones and people could listen it i mean so if anyone would be interested in that let us know we don't want to do something i you know i just kind of thought of that I don't want to, you know, do something and have nobody give a shit or, you know, show up. <laughs> just, like, let us know if no one would give a shit. I promise. Nate, Nate Bud will be there for yeah, sure. Nate, yeah. Nate Bud's like the always supportive like parent. No matter what we do, he's always just cheering and clapping. He could be so the only Don one. Senior though. Yeah. But even if Don Senior's like, ah, screw those guys. Nate Bud's still in the back row. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, boys. <laughs> He's working hard on our uh, Harbor Freight sponsorship. He's working hard, He's man. Pushing. He's going to get sponsored by them before anybody does, I think. <laughs> he deserves it. Uh-huh. So, can we go back to can we go back to what uh, fall Don, fishing? Donnie's yeah, plan is fall fishing. So, how are you going to finish out your year? I'm curious. I, you know, I, I like to cast this time of year. We we've talked about the live bait a good bit, but you know, this is my favorite time of year to cast. So, and that's really why I want to get out there. Uh, I like, I like to throw some live bait on the back of the boat too, cause I'm going to be out there casting, but uh, I mean, is this, really. Is this the time of year you're throwing like your Shadzillas and that sort of thing? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I throw Shadzillas all year round, honestly, but yeah. when I am casting, but, but yeah, I mean, this is mostly a be big rubber and that kind of stuff. Not necessarily pounders all the time, but pounders, mag bulldogs, you know, medusas, a lot of a lot of big rubber like that, shadzillas and whatever. Uh glide baits too. I mean, not little, you know, I'll do some glide baiting, but it's just kind of your slower presentations right, in general. For the most part. And that's, you know, uh, just because of Again, I'll be dragging live bait, so I'm not going to be moving. The boat's not going to be moving real fast anyway, so I just – you can kind of just fish slower and pick things apart and, you know, take your time and really fish the spots. But it's just – Without getting into detail, like, are you doing that on a river or are you doing that on, on a lake? Rivers more so. This Because – okay, so how, how hard is it to keep yourself, I guess – positioned in the river i haven't fished the river you know what you know be it the mom the allegheny the ohio any of them like in terms of trying to control a boat in the current there uh, i mean it can definitely be difficult it, it it's yeah it's definitely something that you have to account for and you you know it's it's different than a lake for sure excuse me but you know the, the current changes quite a bit too and if you have a good quality trolling motor you know it's usually it's not that bad like with this Tarova, i don't have many issues it was a lot bigger of a factor with my old boat and the you know the little 55 pound minkota i had on it the power drive or whatever but 
I know it, the Mon, it's really slow. Like sometimes, like the, literally, if I'm not on the trolling motor, I'll drift like upstream or like upstream against the current, like which way the current should be going. Yeah. But I know, like I know some places are faster than others, but oh, and I don't think it's what you're thinking of. It's not like a, a bustling, rapid river, like in most places. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it depends on where you're at, and it depends on water levels and, and, mm-hmm. That's and whatever. Huge. But you know, another part of it is again, like this time of year, a lot of the places that I'm trying to fish, generally, I'm kind of looking for areas that might be a little bit out of the current, anyway. You know, it again, it's it's getting to when the water is starting to cool a little bit and the fish are going to be slowing down. And you would think their metabolism slowing down, all that crap that you read about. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm not an expert in it all. But, you know, you know, that general thing of slower presentations and everything in the fall. So. It's, and I know old Ryan over there has like a drastically different approach than everybody here does when it gets cold. Sorry, I walked away for a minute. Well, I didn't hear what you, you missed said. it all. That last part. Yeah. I came back and everybody was looking at me. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. We're talking so, about your <laughs> wintertime tactics. So in contrast, you kind of have, I know when I met you, your winter or your fall winter approach kind of shocked me compared to other guys. Well, I mean, I mean, I just goes out there and catches fish. Yep. I think, I think the biggest thing is like, keep in mind where, I, where I, when I started doing this, where I was at, like, mm-hmm. I was really trying to figure out how to catch muskies by myself in areas, you know, that were accessible to me. Like if that's fair, cause you know, like a lot of the, the water that I fished by myself trying to catch a muskie, like it was low percentage water, you know, it was water that like the water that we have around here where Tom and I are at, you know, we don't have like high numbers of fish on our lakes and, some of the lakes that we had like Somerset Lake, like Donegal Lake lakes that had muskies, like, okay. Muskie populations, they drained them, you know? So like I was looking for, for better water in general. And, you know, just talking to guys, like I ended up on this like skinny water thing, you know, where you're talking like whatever you want to call them creeks, you know, small rivers, skinny, skinny. like outflow type deals, like, you know, for the winter months, I, you know, everybody's putting the boat away. So I'm going to go figure out how to cast from shore. And those areas are a lot of times in the winter, they're open, right? There's not as, not as much ice. <clears throat> There's a little bit of flowing water in some of those areas. That's and, what I always think like the tailwaters too. You're getting water right. that's significantly warmer than mm-hmm. the rest of your surface water. So it was it for me, this, this whole thing started on like trying to find like spots that were higher percentage and held more fish than what was available to me. So I don't know. I kind of approached that. Like when you start talking skinny water and you start talking like the, the structure that's in there, like really snaggy stuff. Like I'm talking trees, branches, stumps, all that crap that's in there in those areas. You know, I started with throwing big musky lures. You know, I started throwing hellhounds and, you know, all this other stuff that we use. <clears throat> and I kept getting snagged and I kept losing it. You know, I got tired of losing bait. So, you know, after talking to a few guys 
and realizing that sometimes in the winter months, like if you downsize baits and define downsize, right? Like when you first start out doing this, like we don't necessarily understand what that means. Cause it could mean going from a, what Donnie, like a pounder to whatever the mid, mid you know, like a mid size. Mad dog. Right. <laughs> like, a regular bulldog. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like a regular. Which is still huge to yeah. the average. You, you know, you could be guy. talking downsize. Oh, we're going to go from a nine inch bait to a seven inch bait or a six inch bait. Right. Like, and, and you lose perspective on that a little bit mm-hmm. as you know, the more you get into musky fishing. Cause like, you know, I remember when I was first introduced to this world, you see a regular bulldog and you're like, Oh my God, that, that thing's massive. That's mm-hmm. a giant musky lure. And now I look at it as it looks like a bass lure to me. Yeah, like yeah. A, a pounder or, or an ultra dog two pounder or something. Those are what I consider big baits now. Yeah. And, and for me, like in the winter, what I ended up ended up with that I started having success on that I talked to guys about is this downsizing thing, not only to prevent me from losing so much gear in the winter, but thinking about how many guys in the bass world catch muskies, like, not just in spring, like all throughout the year, right? Like all the bass presentations at some point, if you're fishing on a lake that has a higher percentage of a musky population, you're going like the bass guys are going to run into muskies. It's just mm-hmm. the fact of what's going to happen. And so like thinking about that, listening to all, you know, these different people telling me to try different things, I ended up basically deciding I'm going to go back to do what I, what I knew how to do. And that was bass fishing essentially for muskies in what I would consider December, January, and February. And that kind of shocked me. That's because like, I mean, when I met you, that's like every, I didn't know anybody personally that did that. I thought like you had to go out there and get your biggest bait, put your biggest bait on your biggest rod. And, you know, and then I'm like, Oh shit, Ryan Reed's out there catching them on like husky jerks. Yeah. And it dude, And it worked like the, the first time I tried, and keeping in mind, like I hit it hard, like days and day, like not not double digit days, but like I had like seven full long Tom Trout days, grinders, you know, grinders <laughs> trout grinders, like, and I never even saw a muskie, and I was throwing anything from the same stuff you guys talked about, like the Medusas to whatever, and then all of a sudden I put on like, you know, like a really tiny four and a half inch bass jerk bait, and I catch a fish on my second cast. And then I start seeing all these fish throwing these small jerk baits and rattle baits and, you know, even bass jigs and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's one of those things that I feel like everyone should be like, if you're just out there to catch a muskie. Yeah. That's the way to do it, especially in Pennsylvania. I mean, maybe it's different other places. I was going to say that the little asterisk there is kind of like depending on how skinny I, w- I don't know if I'd go searching with a husky jerk on like the three rivers or a bass jig, but I, I don't think you'd have, a, I don't think you'd have. Yeah, you could, but I, but, I uh, just think it depends on what you want to do. And, and right. like Nick, what you said there to me was the reason I started doing this is because I was inexperienced when I first started doing it. I was struggling with everything else. Nothing else was working. So going back to that routine that I knew and I've caught fish my whole life catching, you know, on bass gear, like it gave me a little bit more confidence to stick with it. And all I really wanted to do is try to catch fish. You know, right. it's like, I'm not trying to catch the super tanker that Donnie's out there pitching for with the pounder. 
you know, like I just want to catch a, a muskie. Like I want to just see one, you know? That's what I was kind of going to say. <laughs> like maybe after you get, you know, satisfied catching fish, then you branch out into the different presentations looking for, you know, big mama, mama June out there. Yeah. And it happens. It, it that, dude, that progression happens. Cause I thought I'd never get tired of doing that. And, you know, I, I just told Deanna, like, dude, if nobody wants to go with me this, this winter, I may just take it off and, and try to get prepped for next year. You know, it's like, I don't feel like I need to do it, but you know, there's some days like, the first, there. like the first two years, like I needed to do it. Like I needed to get out there and prove I could do it to myself, you know, but that's my approach. I mean, it's basically, you're going bass fishing, it's light tackle, but it's in the right areas. Like I'm not going to pull up to a ramp at the Allegheny or wherever and start chucking that stuff. You know, like I'm picking very skinny. That's like what I meant. Like I would, if you know you're on fish. Yeah. I know it'll work. That, yeah. That's, I know that's... it'll work. I know I could tell you, you could probably move a fish on a Husky jerk in an area like that. Mm-hmm. That's just not something I'm going to do, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm talking the skinny outflows, like some of these reservoirs yeah. we have with muskies in them. So, I mean, like I look at it like, so take, I keep using the husky jerk and like skinny water like that, a husky jerk coming through that water, like stands out to a fish. So like, that's a good search bait there. But you talk about a river, like I'll throw the Mon River under the bus where there's 25,000 minnows at the launch ramp. Like your husky jerk doesn't quite stand out as much. Maybe like, that's the way I look at it there. But I mean, like Nick said, there's no saying it wouldn't work. It's just a matter of knowing you're on the fish, I guess. There's no doubt that it will work. I Mm -hmm. mean, just like on the lakes, you have bass guys, just regular bank yanker guys on the Ohio and wherever else that catch fish on little three inch curly tails and everything else Mm -hmm. every year. But I, I definitely think that, and I mean, this is just my approach. This has always been my approach in the rivers. Uh, I just feel like overall everything's bigger in the river and I'm looking for a big fish on top of that when I'm out there. So I want to throw a big bait and, you know, not, and again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a pounder all the time. I'm not saying Neil, I only throw yeah. pounders in the river, but you know, a Shadzilla, like a, a, a large musky sized bait with musky hooks that I know if I set the hook on the fish that I'm looking for, it's not going to bend my husky jerk hook straight or any of that BS. That's that's what I'm more concerned with than anything else. When I get that bite, I want to make sure that I'm using the equipment that I feel confident in that's going to land that fish for me. Well, that's a beautiful segue there, Ryan. Why don't we – maybe we could touch a little bit on the topic we talked about, how to kind of put yourself in a better position with your light tackle. Because, you know, you can you can go out with your bass rod with your 15-pound test and tie your husky jerk on. You can catch a musky, but there's there are ways that you can, like, help put the cards more in your favor with your bass gear, I guess. And I yeah. think that's, that's kind of like a barrier of entry for a lot of guys, too, is, like, they have the thousands of dollars in bass gear, and they're like, well, I don't want to spend money on a musky rod. But there are, like, things you can do to make that bass rod work for musky for the time being, I think. Yeah, I was I was curious though because I oh and I don't think you had a chance to go there. What was your plan for yeah. the? How are you gonna before we get into that, Tom? How are you gonna yeah. finish this year? Are you gonna try to get out at least once? Um, I was actually gonna try to get out this weekend if I can. Ooh. If I can, if I can manage to 
get the boat in, but the weather had been looking really nice. And then this hurricane hit in Florida. And now it looks like we're going to be getting a bunch of rain over the next couple of days where previously it had been, you know, forecast as being okay. So I don't know. Well, I, I hope to get out and fish, uh, but I don't really have any extravagant plans, but I do plan on bringing some of my, I actually, I plan on bringing my boat home and putting it in my backyard for the time being and therefore bringing some of my gear home. So if, if anybody wants to sneak out around here, I will have some, some of my gear local and I can, I can go fish locally. Oh, that gets me real excited. <laughs> uh, I will definitely have it. But you only get them for two hours, Donnie. Uh, I, honestly, I would, <laughs> I, I would love to hop on someone's boat for two or three hours. Yeah. Any day. I mean, you could you could say it's two or three hours once you're on there. You're yeah, you're stuck. kidnapped. Your yep. ass is stuck. Phone goes in a safe. Where I'm taking you, probably won't have phone service anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say that you're screwed with cell service, so you might as well just that would be in there all day. Just play the Gilligan's Island song every so often. Gilligan. One of the first times I ever fished with Donnie was on that that this river that we shall not name where you don't get service. And this is as his wife is like pregnant, like ready to go any day. And we're fishing. He's like, Oh yeah, we'll figure it out. Like <laughs> You really are. When you're on the tracker, you're, you're, you're on the tracker, man. Yeah. That, you're, you're there. I want to point out, lunch. was that the same day I was with you guys? Yeah. Was that oh, yeah. Completely? Okay. Because my brother gave birth to his first child that morning. Oh, that was, no, that was Ryan. That wasn't that maybe a no? Because Donnie, you were you, yeah. Chelsea was pregnant too. Yeah. Yeah, not as close though. Okay. No, but my brother like had his baby that morning, and we're like, <laughs> we get down there, and it's like oh, we're gonna have cell service. I'm like, mm, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> we're out there. Let's go catch a muskie. Or not. And we didn't. <laughs> All right, so you want to talk about some of the slight tackle stuff for a minute? Well, yeah, I mean, and somebody asked me. Well, actually, a couple people have asked me this, so we're kind of, I think, knocking out a listener question via right. Donnie's smooth segue. So what refreshed me on what you said there? Because you were talking well, about yeah, not just, being. Yeah, like I, I know a lot of like bass guys and me too. Like I had like 20 bait casters and all these rods, and I'm like, I want to go musky fishing, but now I need a musky rod. Like all my shit's useless, and it's not necessarily like – totally useless like especially if you're doing what you're doing with the bass gear but they, i think there are a lot of things you can do to help yourself out there too to kind of take your bass rod and make it a light musky rod you know yeah there's probably i mean I, the thing of it is is like you're really when, when i boiled this thing down at least from my perspective like you're really bass fishing mostly with i would say a little heavier line and a leader <laughs> like that's I think you can go thing. above and beyond that. Like, because Donnie, like that. What made me think of that was Donnie saying the hooks get straightened out, and I know right away. Like all my husky jerks, I take the stock hooks off and I pop new ones on. And you yeah. with those little baits, you have to be careful. It's not like a musky bait where you can like change the hooks. I mean, and it'll kill some action on musky baits, but like those little baits, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. But you can get like a two x or a three x hook that isn't. It's not going to straighten out on thirty pound braid. See that, but that's what I mean though. Like you probably have more of those tips than me because I really don't do a lot of that stuff. Like I really do keep oh, my it a gear lot. Not. Yeah. So I mean, though I will say like the hook thing, like you definitely need 
that's something you need to and look at for rings. sure. They put the most junky ass split rings on like Rapalas and stuff. Like if yeah. you, you're not just going to bend one, but on a sharp hook set, if your drag's locked down, you'll blow a split ring right open. So yeah. that's where I start. I'm starting at the lure, going to the rod, change your hooks, put beefy split rings on there. Not enough to screw your action up, but enough to help yeah, yourself. And you do have to be really careful because I, I messed around with that for a while. And I was putting size four hooks on and, you know, the, the size four, size two treble hooks. And it was like some of the baits I had, dude, it was killing the action. And it, it was there was a no fly zone like it would not mm-hmm. do what I wanted it to do. And also then it started affecting like the way like the sink rates and everything else, because some of those suspending jerk baits, it will do that as well. Mm-hmm. See, that's where I, <laughs> I leave them all stock and then just rely on the drag. Yeah. Yes. That you it, can do. Yeah. For yeah. sure, but that's you have to make sure your you know like your Most drag of those is baits good. Get get whacked out if you start changing stuff. Yeah, and that's I just and, use musky yeah. gear. I know, we know you're too good for the basket. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a thing too with the guys. Musky they, purist. Uh, I think guys worry about like breaking their line on light gear, and as long as you're using a good leader, like a nice wire leader, and like twenty even twenty pound braid. You're not gonna break here. You're gonna straighten hooks out on those stock baits before anything else goes. That's what like, especially if you're using like what Ryan's talking about, like a spinning setup. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, the heaviest spinning drag I think I've seen is like 24 pounds, yeah. maybe. And that's like so monstrous. That's beastly. Pound, yeah. So what are these saltwater? What are these big saltwater spinning reels that these guys use? And why would they use it? Why would they use a big spinning reel? On in salt water, as opposed, like, what's the advantage Line there? Capacity because you have fish yeah. that are going to run a half mile, right? In salt yeah. water, yeah, that's versus our fish that are going to run 20 feet if you're lucky, yeah. Like, if you hook a you know, hot chromer 150 pound tarpon or something, yeah, you're just you need you're just waiting for it to not run away from you anymore, as yeah. opposed to here, you know, I mean, even. You know, a cheapo depot spinning reels probably got twelve pound drag. So, you know, I mean, you're at a what forty inch musky, and you're probably still at a twelve pound fish, something like that. I see a lot of guys too. That made me think, like, so they have like musky spinning rods. You know, like Saint Croix makes like the musky spinning rod, and I know I think like Musky Shop does. But I personally, I think if you're using like the huskies and stuff, like you don't want that. Like you don't want the musky spinning rod because that's like those rods are built for like 30 to 65 pound line ratings. Okay. And if you're using like a husky jerk or a little rattle trap, you don't need a 65 pound line rating. Like those rods are meant to throw your Donnie lures, like your bulldogs, the stuff like they're meant for someone that doesn't like a bait cast or they want to use a spinning rod and they want to throw musky lures. So if you're throwing like the bass stuff, you're like doing yourself a disservice using a rod like that. I think. I think you should be using like the Ryan Reed, the bass rod that you beefed up, that you put the appropriate line, appropriate leader. Like, so, and I'm not going to always agree with you, Tom, but I will say this: like I've tried to, I've tried to troll like F11s with my <laughs> with my standard like musky trolling rods. Okay, I'm going to work. It does not work. The, the, the terminal tackle is too beefy. It literally the the terminal tackle kills the action of the bait, and you just end up dragging a bait through the water that's not doing mm-hmm. anything, or it's not even 
Were you you're, using a like a big hundred pound leader? Well, so leader at all. I just had a I had an issue. It. I had an issue with a rod at one point, and I just decided I had an extra rod with me. And we were walleye fishing, but I had musky tackle with me at the time, and I I, I tried to leverage that rod, and that was a no go. Like mm -hmm. just no in no world would that work. So mm -mm. I'm I'm just trying to kind of relate this back to what you're saying. Like I agree with you on that. And a lot of times, like whenever you're talking about these like bigger, heavier rods and you're talking about that little husky jerk, like it's hard to even cast that stuff. Exactly. Cause that rod is meant to bend like for the pressure of a musky lure, you know, like, yeah. So I, whereas I get... a bass rod, it, like if you, do you ever look at like the little ratings on a rod, it'll say like lure weight. Mm -hmm. That's like what that rod's meant to like, that's under ideal circumstances. If that rod's rated for like a quarter ounce lure, it's going to load up right. And it's going to freaking launch a quarter ounce lure. Whereas you look at like a musky spinning rod, I can't say right off the top of my head, but they're rated for like an ounce over an ounce. Like that's not your bass crankbait. Your little like it's yeah. That's what and Larissa has a Saint Croix. What are those? The black ones. The legend or premier. Premier, premier yeah. yeah, spinning. Uh, spinning rod. And that's what she just throws that uses that for like throwing like raptors and stuff like that. Yeah, because it's Cause like a she, beef stick, right? Yeah, because she yeah. hates bait casters. So yeah, and that's what those rods are meant for. Those aren't meant for your guy that's in the right. creek throwing a yeah. Even you're even like blow the six her. inch raptors, it doesn't want to work. Yeah, it doesn't want to. I mean, they'll throw them, but not not quite right. When yeah. I go with Ryan Reed on the uh, on the creeks, I take my twelve foot spinning surf rod. <laughs> And I hold it upside down. Backwards, upside down. That's the way to do it. Like this. Well, Nick brought up, like, when he was saying the drag, like, so you got your light bash rod, you got your braid on it, you got your wire leader. And when I say wire, I don't mean, like, the freaking 200-pound. Even, yeah, even some, like, Junko, Junko Walmart wire leader. Like, get a 25-pound wire leader, 20-pound, 30-pound braid, whatever you're comfortable casting, but then make sure that drag is good. Like, you don't. When you're using your bait caster and your bulldog, you want that drag locked down, right? Like you don't want to do that with your Rapala on your bass rod. That drag doesn't need to be, you want it tight. You want it so that you're going to give that fish some juice when you set a hook, but you don't want it so tight that it's locked where you're going to blow your terminal See, gear apart. This is why I don't want to do any of this. I, <laughs> well, a lot of people do. I a big fish. I just want to manhandle that son of a yeah. into the net. A lot of people do, do, and a lot of people do have, like, they want to use their bass stuff. Yeah, and, and you also got to factor in the time of the year you're doing this. Because, like, Donnie wants to wrench them in and, like, get them in the net, get your picture, oh. and get them out of there. You want to make sure you, you want to make sure you get that fish. Yeah. Right? So, when you're talking about this transition to, like, the smaller stuff and the slider tackle, like by nature, you're going to lose more fish than you would with conventional musky gear. I can tell you that because I've experienced it for sure. Expect to lose fish, whether they're bending hooks, whether, you know, you, you can't, whatever the scenario is, the drag. Like I, I, I told you guys. I'm, I'm with Donnie here in the sense that I'm listening to this and I'm thinking then why would I do it? But that's like the, 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 the thing. And no, no, no. And I get it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm you, just kind of playing yeah. the devil's advocate here. To, like, the, answer, yeah. you know I mean? the answer is simple though. More do you want to catch fish yeah. because you will, I guarantee you in the areas that I'm fishing, 
you will move more muskies with smaller baits than you will with bigger baits. Now, kind of a skinny water could, specific. Yes. That's, okay. Now, that's why, why, why not just downsize to smaller bait casting gear? Um, you know, more like, I mean, for instance, I have, I have like a 300 size tranks that I, I throw like small, small musky gear. I mean, obviously that's too big for throwing husky jerks, but you know, I'm just thinking like, I'm just thinking, you know, keeping yourself still in the category where you're, you're having musky type of gear, but you're downsizing it, not going all the way to spinning gear. That's well, kind of what I'm thinking. So it doesn't going to spinning gear doesn't necessarily mean going like smaller than bait casting gear. Like uh, when I'm saying I'm using spinning gear, like when I'm saying like upsize your husky jerk hooks and your line and your leader, I'm using like a salmon rod. And that rod's meant to like land like a 25 pound fish, like in current. Like it's not like a little wimpy, like bluegill rod. It's like a rod rod. And if you have all your stuff set properly, like that's like when you're no, using I didn't a big... think it was, I didn't think this was a bluegill rod. I mean, no. like when I, I grew up, you know, when I when I was going to, you know, fish with my dad as a kid, you know, we had a, a, a larger set of spinning, a, a larger spinning setup for each one of us and a smaller spinning setup for each one of us. Mm-hmm. And the larger one was like what we were going for pike with and the smaller one, which what we were going for bass and stuff with. So. It's just on those setups, like when you're using the big rods, you, you can kind of screw up and still catch a fish. Like your drag can kind of be off, you know, like you might, like you can kind of mess up and still catch a fish, but on those like light setups, the stars have to align. You know what I mean? Like you have to be using like a little better hooks. You have to be using the right kind of leader. Your, Your drag, like Nick said, you have to make sure your drag set to fight a fish, not to like wrench a fish. So it's, it's totally doable. It just requires like more finesse. And some people just have that shit laying around. Like they have their bass frogging rod and they're like, okay, I want to catch a muskie on it. Just ditch the 15 pound test and you can. Like, yeah. And it, if you don't like that finesse, like take your time, work baits, like slow, like in the winter. Cause again, that's like when I'm doing this, like December, January, February, those fish are not as active as they are in, you know, September, October, November. Those fish are when they hit a bait, they are not killing the bait. Like they are coming up to it and they are sucking it in and they're either going to just spit it right out or they're going to turn their head and they're going to start to swim away. Like this isn't like a come out of left field and just absolutely crush the bait. And this is probably why like Donnie would hate this because literally these fish are coming up. They're just like swallowing the bait. You can't with that, with that style that we're talking about, like go to my like ugly stick on like a four and a half inch grandma. And even those four and a half inch grandmas have a little bit bigger hooks on them. You can't like swing for the fence on the hook set. Like I learned that the hard way. Cause if you do, you're going to rip the bait right out of their mouth. Like I've done it. That's where it comes back to that drag, man. It is like all about that drag when you're going 100%. light. It's all about the drag. It's all about the drag. And you almost have to kind of like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like you learn this like from doing it, but it's not like a standard hook set. Like you're really mm-hmm. just like tightening up. It's like a kind of a slow pull and then just like tighten up and you just hold pressure. And dude, a lot of times you get that fish to the bag, that bait pops right out of its mouth. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're geared right too, man, like if you have that 20 pound, 30 pound braid that you have the confidence and you have the rod that's meant to bend for your 20, 30 pound braid, you can smoke a muskie on a spinning rod. Like you can beat a muskie's ass on spinning gear. If you do it right. You got to wear them down. Not even if you, it's all about like going the opposite way they go. It's like back to your fishing roots. It's like that drag, man, you can smoke a muskie on a spinning rod. If you do it right. And if you have, like Ryan said, like just be ready, make yourself, put yourself in a good situation. Yeah. I mean, that's all it, but you know what? Not everybody wants to do this. And mm. quite frankly, like I, I don't blame people because back to what you guys are saying, like you want to make sure that the equipment you're throwing you're it's again, it's percentages, right? Like that's what this we're talking about here. What's the highest percentage thing that's going to help you catch a muskie. And I just think, I mean, a lot of times, like if you're going to throw whatever bait it is, whether it's a pounder or whatever, like if you're going to get a fish to eat that, it's probably going to be a decent fish and you're probably going to get good hooks in it if they eat it. Mm. That's not, that's not, not what, that's not what's going to happen here when you're throwing his little Cabela jerk baits and stuff. Look, I mean, we, look, we joke around, but you know, there, there's a lot of different factors at play here. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like Tom said, may, maybe somebody that doesn't have the, you know, the financial means to go out and buy a muskie rod mm-hmm. or whatever. This, we're just curious. Ways, you know. right, there are ways to go out and, and do this without breaking the bank. And I, I get where he's coming from. And I, I completely agree with him. I would also maybe throw in a little asterisk or, or disclaimer that ideally having, having real musky gear to target. Oh, for sure. Probably a better uh, option. Long yeah. If you have the tranks, if you musky anglers, yeah, if you have the tranks 500 and I wouldn't be running to the freaking store to get yourself like a salmon rod to go musky fishing. Yeah. But if you have like the stuff laying around, like you can make it work. You don't have to like sit at home and be like, Oh, I need a musky rod. Okay. I, I agree with you. And I mean, it, I think it also comes down to just, what your goals are or what you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish out there and stuff like Ryan said, I mean, I, you go out and, and do kind of what Ryan's doing. Odds are you're going to see fish. You're going to hook fish. You're going to have action. And for new people, especially that can be a, a big boost getting them going. It can, you know, help them start to learn how to, you know, not necessarily, I guess, boat side maneuvers since you're standing on the bank, but bank side maneuvers, <laughs> whatever, that kind of crap. It just, it gets you reps. It gets you comfortable mm-hmm. with these fish. There's a lot of things that can be going on there, but it, there's also that, you know, if, if you're just more interested in maybe catching a bigger fish or whatever, and not so much action or numbers, then you know, that, that, which is just how I am, I guess, a little more in general. Um, that's where I just lean to going with the bigger stuff more often just because it's what I feel confident in that when I get my shot, I'm going to have the right right lure on that can and, and the right gear to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and I will tell you guys, like, the rattle bait stuff. Dude, my brother threw rattle baits for years and years and years for bass all year long from the time ice broke all the way through the end of the year he threw rattle baits and that was something he was comfortable with and whenever he decided he wanted to go catch a muskie and he wanted to come out with me what again like this is that scenario like i've got somebody with me that wants to catch your first fish like 
what can you throw all day? You know, where's your confidence at that you've caught fish in? You know, all these things, you just add, you know, add a leader, worry about the drag, you know, the little intangible things that you can do better. And, you know, it took a couple of trips, but he got his first casting fish, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's caught, I mean, at one point this year, he had more muskies than I did, you know, <laughs> and that's like, what else can you, I mean, it, it gives you an opportunity to catch a fish, Yep. you know, and if you haven't tried it, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to tell you to run out there and do it, you know, cause it's not, like I said, it's not for everybody. You're, you're going to have some frustrating moments with it for sure. But if you're, if you're hurting bad enough or you're trying to learn and you're trying to catch your first fish or you want to try something different, like it, it is a good option for you for sure. And I do feel like, you know, you can catch fish doing it, yep. but it's, it's about make sure you put yourself on high percentage water where there's muskies, because if you get two chances in a day and you hook two fish, I guarantee to you, you're going to lose one of them. Like you're <laughs> going to lose 50% of the fish that you hook. I'm going to go back and I'm going to specify the drag thing. I'm going to be annoying about the drag. So when I say like set your drag, I mean like as tight as it can go while still like giving line. I'm not saying make it real loose so the fish can just zing off as soon as it hits. You know what I mean? Like make it so that like as long as you're using the right rod that's rated for like 20 pound braid or whatever, that rod is going to thrive bent like to the max. You know what I mean? Like don't lock your drag down, let it give, but that's when that rod's going to perform its best when it's like bent, Meant and yeah, that drag that ugly that. stick to the test. Yep, you you better put it sure right to the breaking it. point, but don't step over the line. Basically, you better make sure you tie a good knot too. I'm just oh yeah, Palomar baby. If you're not tying a good knot to the end of that leader, like yeah, you're screwed. The leader too. We touched on it with Grossi a while back. The, our, our fly boys make a really good leader for those light spinning guys. It comes in like a little tippet spool, like fly line tippet comes in, mm. and it's like a pieable steel leader. And that stuff is infinitely better than like the garbage leaders you get at Dicks and the 140 pound flora leaders on a husky jerk. Like, I want to say one more thing here too. Like, I don't want anybody thinking we're like professionals at this stuff because we're no. not. Like. We're not catching hundreds of muskies this way, but it's, it, you know, it's something that you try. And a lot of times, like in the muskie world too, like think about it. Like we all read articles and listen to podcasts and we're listening to guys that are on the water all the time. Like that's how we kind of learn and listen and, and try to like put that into our own fishing. Right. Like, do you guys do that? You listen to a podcast that <clears throat> you want to get, you hear something, you want to go try it. That's what yep. I feel like the only other person I've heard talk about like the super light stuff is Jeff Contreras mm-hmm. up there in Wisconsin. You know, like that's the thing. That's all this is. Like we're not saying to go out there and do this and you're going to catch tons of fish. Like we're saying it's an option for you to try mm-hmm. that's been productive for us. And right. if you look like, I mean, even Sam, I'm thinking of Sam Scott right now. Allegedly. Watch his videos. Yeah, allegedly. 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 Yeah. But you look at Sam Scott and his videos, man. He's throwing <laughs> those little the weedless bass jigs on a bait ca- on a bass bait caster, just whamming on them. And same deal, man. Just good line, good leader. Fight yeah. the fish smart. The only other thing I want to say about this, and then I'm, I'll shut up about it, <laughs> is when you guys look at. So the other thing about this is the cost effectiveness of it. Like you guys talked about like people that don't want, you know, may, may not have the money or don't want to spend the money on the musky gear to get started. You just want to go catch a musky. Like 
don't you don't have to run out and buy like the ten dollar like rattle traps. Like you don't have to go out and buy like the the twenty dollar what is that the mega bass or whatever they are mm. like those 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 twenty thirty dollar jerk baits. Like I literally started like we started catching fish this way with literally like the cotton cordell rattle baits from Walmart. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like three four dollars. Said you can do the things like Tom said, like the split rings and the hooks if you want to do that to kind of shore things up. But you don't have to spend tons and tons of money on this. And the bass gear is relatively cheap as it is. But where it really helps is when you get snagged and you lose a bait because that's mm-hmm. going that's going to happen. And it's it's a lot easier for you to kind of digest and not get heartburn over <laughs> when you're losing like a three, four dollar lure versus like what a twenty three dollar hellhound yeah i keep going back to this because i i it's it, to this day like it's that hellhound is still in there i'm sure unless so, you know somebody's grabbed it and it's like i did the same shit me. starting out i had like no conception of like the water column for musky like in those little skinny creeks since i was throwing like eight 10 inch phantoms in these creeks and they were hitting the freaking bottom in a foot of water and i'm losing them like i hate musky fishing uh, but you can cater your baits to you know like you said I've, I've also had like multiple people reach out to me that have caught fish on husky jerks you know like just talking it and, and i want to give a little shout out to to my boy up in kerwinsville mr cody fi i don't know if you guys know cody i'm oh, not yeah. sure i'm not sure mm-hmm. if he's li- if he's listening I'm not sure if he's listening to this cody's a real good dude yes, um, he I th- he's uh chapter 64 you know he loves musky fishing I know he just had another baby. I think his season's been a little light this year, but you know, he's, I remember he texted me like before Musky Max, like a couple years ago, he sent me a picture of a fish he caught up in his area. And it was like right after the conversation we had. And, you know, it's like, it, it really, when, whenever you get out there and you try it and you have a little bit of success, like it really does open your eyes to like, you know what, maybe there's something else to like all of these other things that people are talking about, right? Like, like Owen, like the spinner baits, you know, like Donnie, there's, I'm not going to say the bait, but there's a certain bait that you, that you like to fish like early in the year. And I, I hear about these bait, these particular baits on different systems and like people catch fish, but it's like real, like you hear somebody talk about this. What bait are you talking about, right? I don't want, I don't want, (laughs) do you want me to say it? I don't care. I don't want to say it. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that one. Cause that's kind of a, I'm not going to get into it. There's a beep tool. Yeah, no, but it's it just like, you hear these things mm-hmm. from people and really all this stuff boils down to is like, you just want to catch a muskie, like, right. Mm-hmm. You just want to catch a fish, like just try a bunch of different things. And eventually you're going to find something that you like and you're confident in and you're comfortable with and then stick with it. That's kind of what I meant earlier when I said it blew my mind and it made me like happy to see you catching those fish because I thought like it took me out of the equation in the fall and the winter. I'm like, well, I don't have anywhere I can throw big baits and I don't have big baits, uh, so I can't catch a big muskie in the winter because everybody says that's what you have to do. And you kind of taught me that you don't have to do that or have to do anything. Like you can go out in the snow and catch them on a freaking Walmart rattle trap. Like. Yeah. And like the other part of this is like, like Donnie showed me a whole new world with the live bait stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I was on Donnie's boat the day I first, I caught my first, you know, sucker fish. And dude, that's a whole new thing to me because then I started thinking about like all these other things that I can do, you know, like even some of that, like larger minnow stuff, like 
I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten to a point where I really like dedicated time to do it, but you know, if you do it right and you're not like, I mean, you got to do, you got to, you got to do these things to get experience and get comfortable. Like you're not going to just go, like, I'm not going to just go out there tomorrow and float a sucker and know what the heck I'm doing. Like I'm going to make tons of mistakes. Right. So I know I did still am. But. Yeah. I mean, we all do. We all make mistakes. I mean, but that's what, that's what it's about. Like you have to make those mistakes in order to learn sometimes mm -hmm. and you can get it down to do it right. Yep. That's all part of the fun, right? Yeah. Or you can just get on Facebook and ask somebody how to do it. Mm -hmm. Just post in a group. <laughs> how you catching them on them suckers? <laughs> so do you guys like, I want to, I don't know if I want to get into that. Never mind. Do it. I stay away from the group stuff. I do really it. try. What are you hitting I, on? <laughs> nice fish. What'd you get them on? I think it's important to have a support structure though. Like, I think it's important to have a group of friends that you got, you know, you can leverage to share information with each other. I just don't like doing that stuff publicly in a Facebook group because you're not, it's, it's not a controlled thing where like, I can ask Nick, like, Hey, you know, you got this body of water. I'm coming up. Like, what have you been getting fish on? Like, these conversations happen. Like we all talk, right? Like that it's important to have a good support system. I just don't think the Facebook group thing is a good support system. I just think people give you such crap all the time. And then you kind of look honestly, like sometimes like if I would, if I were to ask a question in a group, I feel like I would look like such an idiot. Mm -hmm. And that's not like a complex thing. Like it's not where I don't really care if I look like an idiot or sound like an idiot. Cause I know that I am a lot of the time, but I just don't prefer doing that. I don't know. I don't know why people like that. It's not a good way to like get results either. Like you're better off to like find someone that you look up to like Joe Schmo fishes this body of water. He catches a lot of fish, message him personally, be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so I'm a good person. I have a net. I have my tools. Like help me. Like when you're posting on Facebook, like help me, help me. Like nobody knows you. Like nobody knows if you have tools, if you even have a net, do you start that off by saying like you don't have to shine a light on me at a boat ramp? <laughs> I'm a good person. Yeah, you don't have to scare me away from a launch. So what do you guys think? Like if I wanted to go out, say I wanted to go fishing, I'm going to jump on. Uh, let's say I'm going to go jump on Nick's boat. Okay, and we're going to go cast the lake. Like with me doing all this like light stuff the last couple of years, I really haven't really focused like on actually throwing musky lures. You guys know it. I switch baits a lot too. But if I were to go out, say this weekend with Nick, what do you guys think? I knowing my arsenal, like what would you start with? Like, what, should I throw a jerk bait? Should I throw a spinner bait? Should I throw a bucktail? Like what? Bring your husky jerk. We'll get your fish. Yeah, I mean. But I'm just curious, like, what? where would I start if I was going to go throw a muscular right now? If you're asking me, I would say jerk baits and rubber. Jerk baits and rubber. Yep. Who else? I'd say just jerk baits or glides. Okay, gliders. But I, I you know, I mean, I'm thinking I'd, I'd be fishing in, you know, weeds or, or else we'd be trolling deep water stuff yeah, yeah no, nobody's talked about the uh the fall troll in here that's definitely a tactic that uh 
can be exploited as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that is that brings me to something that I had wanted to bring up, and that is that many lakes in Pennsylvania get drawn down during the fall and during the winter. So if you wanted to go troll a lake that two weeks ago was six feet higher than it is today, like what adjustments would you make? And Nick, you, you may be the only one that I don't know if anyone else has, has done this, but you know, is there some some recommendation you can give for somebody that's going out there? Like, hey, the lake has been at X level; it's now minus six to eight feet. You know, like, what do you do? Go ahead, Donnie. Me? I'm yeah. gonna go because I'm gonna give you the same answer I would, regardless if it was up eighty feet or down sixty feet. <laughs> and it's find the bait and troll it. Yeah. That's a, I, you know, I mean, I look at it as like you almost have an advantage because now there are the weed beds are no longer an option for them. So they've got to be out suspended off the whatever little structure there is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. you I, don't you're that, I don't think that, I don't think you're dropping six feet where you're talking about maybe no? three, three or four, maybe. What can I, can I ask a question about the electronics? Like, yeah. Do you guys adjust at all? Like I know there's the adjustments like on the actual graphs where you can like the like dash three, like to, to account for the drop in water. Oh, I do when I'm auto charting like on the lake, like keep like I throw it under the bus Keystone power dam. That's one that goes up and down by like 15 feet. So only when I'm auto charting, then I'll like set the offset. But other than that, no, I don't usually mess with it. Yeah. Now, is that just because you guys have charted the lakes that you're fishing and you just kind of, I mean, the graph's already set up. This is a stupid boat question, by the way. That's one of those, like, if it's lower, I'm still going to, you know, I mean, chances are I'm not going to try and get like less than three feet of water or something like that. Yeah. I just like, I do it at power dam. Like, cause you look at a spot, like take a spot that's like 10 feet deep or whatever. And then the lake drops or goes up, it goes up by six feet, whatever you're trolling around you you maybe you auto charted this one little strip when the water was high that offset like it'll fill in and it'll change your graph just a little bit that you stand the chance to drive your baits up onto like this point because it's six feet shallower than you thought it was you know what i mean so it's like crazy technically you don't have to but i just do it because i'm usually bored as hell there that's one thing too once you do get set up or whatever at least with the hummingbird units you can go in to the settings and like if you do have like a weird event like say you fish there and auto charted when it was 15 feet higher it'll put like weird relics in your map mm-hmm. from those bad points so you can go in and individually select each ah, one of those points i didn't know that delete those out i didn't know that either yeah mm-hmm. that's pretty cool because like a lot of times if you have it auto charting like when you climb up on plane you get some weird like weird black readings. hole reading yeah it says you're in 150 yeah. feet of water or something like that mm-hmm. i get it every time i go across a pipeline too oh really the rivers <laughs> yeah huh. if there's a gas pipeline that goes across the river and things like that it always gives me that uh goofy reading come back on my auto chart interesting so oh and if the lake's down do you have problems launching there well that's that's kind of the adventure that i expect to to have this weekend is 
yes, I believe I will be able to do it because my boat is small and light. I don't think that any sizable boat would be able to do it. Apparently there's, I don't know, the one guy described it as, as a sandbar. Um, See, and I don't it, think that's, I don't think that's an accurate description of, of it. I think it just kind of mud hump. Yeah. Like yeah. it levels out from the, from all that mud going down from like all the sediment and everything getting pushed all year. It like I creates think what it actually, actually is, is like a Canada is like they go and clean out the ramp with like an excavator from shore. Like, and that's just all the further they can reach, like whatever it is, 15 feet out. And then once the water's down, that's like artificially short. So then that, you know, I mean, it's clean from here forward, but then now your, your shoreline has moved out. So your that hump is just right there. Right. So You're it's like, like a, right straight into kind of like back and right into that hump instead right. of yeah no no I, so i don't know i mean that's i think i'm going to be able to do it i'm going to give it a shot and just see see what happens my dad will be around so if anything bad happens he'll he'll be there to help me that's what if you got two people i would just one of you get in the boat and then the launch and then, yeah I don't know whether they will have taken the um probably gone the dock out yet. Yeah, it's probably out. If you they think? threw it down, I bet it's gone. I went to yeah. LaBuff the other day and that, that ramp was gone. <laughs> I wasn't sure uh, if it just drifted away or sank or what. <laughs> See, that's the other thing that that's another reason why I didn't want to try to put this boat in the water this year, is because I'm already like inexperienced and I don't really want to mess around with no dock. Like I know there's areas that still have docks. I know like Pymie has launches that the docks always stay in, but like some of the other lakes, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to try that yet next year for sure. I've seen some people just back in, just leave their trailer right in the water the whole time at the launch ramp. (laughs) Yeah. Take most of the launch ramp up (laughs) fish all day. I think getting it off the trailer without the launch ramp isn't the issue. It's just, getting it back onto the shore and on a trailer kind of that, that's for me anyway that's like what intimidates me it's just one of those things you like figure out yeah. it's harder if it's definitely harder alone if you have two and, people it's really not that bad usually you can just kind of like i feel Nick like said it, give them the old full send on the way out and then on yeah. the way back you just have some you know no i'm just i'm there. worried about I'm worried about driving it or nosing it up in like a bad spot. Like I'm going to pick the one spot with the freaking jagged rock. That's going to gash the middle of my aluminum hall. Right up like on that's... the, right up on the ramp. That's yeah. The best place. yeah. I'm serious. You go yeah. right up, just close. Just touch. Up. Yeah. Just don't hammer it, but yeah. right up on the ramp. Somebody, you hop off right onto the ramp. That's the yeah. best place to do it. You know, yeah. you're not going to hit any rocks or anything else. Especially if you have two people, the right. one person stands yeah. as far back in the boat as you can. See, that's like my right issue. On the I'm, I'm mm-hmm. always alone because nobody wants to fish with me. I don't have friends. That makes sense. But... Yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, maybe Harder if you to do alone. Fishing instead of trout fishing all, all right. the time. You got to be with me for the worst to enjoy the best, Donnie. <laughs> so it's all bad. I don't know. I, I would. I would be concerned, like with Donnie, like how you fish in the current. Like doing it, I don't know if your boat ramp has current there too. That oh, might yeah. add a, I mean, add a little 
dynamic to it. I mean, I, I fish a lot of different places for one. It's not like I'm fishing one particular spot on any of the rivers. I'm good. I'm being completely honest. I'm not even trying to throw somebody off my trail or anything. So, the, but they're all different, but I mean, a lot of the, the ramps, you know, on, on the rivers or yeah, they're usually in tributaries a lot of the time okay. and things like that. So, I mean, some of them are on the main river too. Like the one close to my house here on the Ohio, it's right on the main river, but you know, it, usually it's not that bad in the winter too. Currents typically down a little bit, you know, for the most part, unless we just got a bunch of rain or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh you know, it, it, flow usually isn't a big issue. We don't we don't have that kind of luxury up here. All our ramps are right in the main channel, right? But it's your your ramp pad is about the width of the, of the whole creek. So you're all spoiled. Most of mine get chained off. Like you can't even back down the ramp. At like my the ones I like to launch at in the summer, like they are no go, no entrance. I don't know if you knew this. Harbor Freight sells bolt, bolt cutters. cutters. Oh, and so the big, big noise thing that Tom put in the last episode. Uh-huh. I've been you, waiting for an opportunity here because I have you, questions. Go ahead, that, Nick. That might be one to consult with a lawyer, but I would think since those are navigable waters, mm-hmm. well, the ones that game and fish launch, so. Yeah, I'd have some issues there probably. If I yeah, but I don't those. think they can like deny you access. Oh, they deny you with a big old chain. <laughs> Apparently, they think they can. They can. Right. <laughs> so I need to make a trip to Harbor Freight. Oh yeah, you okay. do. Um, I've been <laughs> like, y'all. <laughs> I've I've spent so much money in the last week and a half. I'm like, I need to spend more. Honestly, so. I have questions. Uh, is it okay if I ask you guys a few questions about boats? Sure. Can we talk about that for a few minutes? Yeah, I guess. All right, I guess. So I, <laughs> um, thinking through all of this stuff, right? Like I've been, I, I bought all of the, what I would consider gear in order to maintain my motor now. So I've got a full list of stuff. I talked to a very knowledgeable person that's uh good friends with dan and he used to sell yamaha motors on the exact same model boat that i bought um and there's a dealership that i think i think he said his family maybe his family owns uh up in donegal and he's been around boat motors his entire life and he's given me some good insight in addition to what everybody else has but one thing that i need to hammer down here is like a good toolkit on the boat Right. Like thinking through like tool, like actual tools to be able to do maintenance and to have like on the boat or in the truck bed or somewhere in case I get into a bind on the water and I need to like do something. So do you guys have any recommendations for me? Like just on basic, like a toolkit? I thought of one that we forgot last week or in the boat one two weeks ago. And you should know it from this year, Ryan, from being with me rope. Get yourself a nice big spool of rope from Harbor Freight. Throw it. That can be in the back of the back well, so far stashed away. But that is going to come in handy at some point. So how how long of a rope here? Get I'm a, curious about that. Just get a spool. Long. Get a spool of, I mean, hundred yards if you can. And it's not. It'll come on like a line spool usually. 
Right. Like a bed, just stash it away. I think you need minimum 100 foot ropes if you're going to walk in any of the rivers. Mm -hmm. Not that I think you'll be doing that anytime soon, but just for a reference. uh, And that's probably, I mean, you're probably at like 50 feet if you wanted to like launch with no boat ramp Mm. by yourself. And that's separate from, I know they sell too at, at Walmart, a dock. It's called like a dock line. And it comes with like the carabiner on the one end mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know, maybe 50 yards of rope or something, but it's a little lighter gauge rope meant for launching and kind of tying off and stuff. But you hook it right onto your little hook that you trailer with. So mm-hmm. I want to come back to the tool thing, but I bought yep. dock line at Dunham's. So I got yep. two, I got two dock lines. They're both 25 feet and that's just for docking. But then I was, looking, enough. I was looking for rope because I was thinking about the scenarios that we had this year and towing people and literally all I can find between Dick's Walmart Dunham's, at least in my local area, the longest freaking piece of rope that they have that I think would be big enough to be able to do something like that was like 50 feet of line. Now, like you can buy like the anchor spools that are like, they have like a hundred feet of line, like in these anchor spools, but that rope isn't like, not heavy. It's not a heavy rope. I got mine at uh, actually Ralph's Army Surplus <laughs> in Monroeville. Like Army Surplus stores, they sell like a gajillion different kind of rope and paracord. and So that could be a fun little trip for you. Just let me and Nick take you trolling. We'll catch you a hundred foot rope. Yeah. <laughs> in no yeah. time. To the mm-hmm. end of it. Once All right. Get, I'll get you an that. anchor and everything. I got a hammer. Some of, them even have, some of them even have chain. Yeah. <laughs> I, and the anchor. I got an anchor. So that's a start, but, um, so back to the tools, like what tools do you feel like would be beneficial for me to, is that, like, like a three, eight socket set, mm-hmm. like a whole thing metric and SAE and then an Allen key drivers, yeah. like one of those little Allen things with like a billion different sizes of wrenches. Cause I know your rod holders. Yes. You need multiple Allen key, like the you need the SAE and like the metric. I did get mine at Harbor Freight because I hated having like five different sizes of Allen keys laying all around the freaking boat. And so I got a nice little rust proof one at Harbor Freight, like seven bucks. It has like every wow. size ever made. Looks like a little I pocket mean, knife. That really is the type of stuff that, you know, Harbor Freight is perfect for. Hell yeah. With, you know, you know. All their waterproof, their waterproof cases for for on your boat. I mean, they're. And they're, if people are wondering, we're really not sponsored by that. No, we not just at love all. Them that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I've been having all. You of can outfit yourself, mm-hmm. you know. At so, a reasonable price. Yes. Yep. Uh, I got a recommendation for you, Ryan. Okay. Um, like a a a basic electrician's like a wire stripper cutter tool uh something you know just like a set of strippers something like that uh a lot of times shrink tube yeah i keep strippers on my wire nuts you know in fact ryan when i come over to to work on the the trolling motor i'll actually kind of give you a like a a a a shrink tube set that you can put on the boat because that stuff you know it comes in handy a, a good bit See, I got, I got shrink tube. Like that's the one thing I got. Like I bought like a 500 piece assorted shrink. Tube okay. Set. Then you, yeah, that, then you're good. So 
that but the one thing is like with the sh- like the, the the stripper and stuff like well, i was talking to Aaron about this because i was i was at i was at the uh, hardware store was it last night i called Owen every day him. i yeah i've been i've been there like i've been hitting like the local lows and homestead waterfront because that's that's the only thing that's down there and i've just been looking at different things and i thought maybe like you know how they sell those like small mechanic tool like toolkits they're like mm-hmm. 50 bucks like that's and it and it comes with like sockets screwdriver and all that stuff i was just curious what you guys thought tool wise because yeah i mean you know. that's basically what i i have a little well i got mine at harbor freight but it's <laughs> like a little, wow, wow, wow. little You'll uh, know. mechanics tool set and then uh, a couple randos that i just threw in as well like a crescent wrench mm-hmm. and uh You'll start knowing better as you go on too. Like once you start doing things in the boat, you'll be like, "Oh, I need this size, this for that." You know, like Charlie gave me a good a good one too, and I never really thought about this till Charlie told you know mentioned it to me. But wire brush, yeah, to have like especially a wire. like for the spark plug mm-hmm. if you're getting fouled up because that's mm-hmm. probably a is that a single cylinder? Or is that two? It's two cylinder probably. Your motor? I think it's probably two. I think it's two. But yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. I don't have one of those in my boat, but I'm mentally going through like my wells in mine, and I thought of one we didn't talk about, like a first aid kit. Even if it's just like a homie job, like if you just throw some band-aids and medical tape and gauze and stuff, like neosporin, super like liquid band-aid, that spray, that's the shit is awesome. That'll like fix anything. I can like fix my car with liquid band-aid i think see i did i did buy the first aid kit you don't even have but then make sure too if it's not a waterproof one put it in like a good bag because band-aids don't work after they're wet by the way neither does medical tape see you got you brought up the uh, harbor freight like waterproof box like um i'm gonna butcher his last name i know i'm gonna butcher it who to chesky no it wasn't nate bud Mm. it was chris I want to say Chichi. You guys Chichi. know Chris yeah. Chichi. Yeah, Chris Chichi. So anyway, I feel like I, that's not right, but I don't know what it is. So we'll go with Chris Chichi. We're gonna <laughs> go with Chris. So I was talking to Chris, and I was looking at these, like you know, like Dick Sporting Goods has like the waterproof boxes, like for your keys, your phone, and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about all this other crap, like the flares. Like I bought a little flare kit. Um, and just like different things like air horn and all that little crap that mm-hmm. you people throw in their boat. Like, and I was thinking about like a waterproof box and I'd he brought it. up, yeah. he brought that, that box up at Harbor Freight. And I can't remember what they're called now. The Apache. The Apache. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like a knockoff Pelican. Well, I still think it would be great to have one of those boxes and then you like open it up and like have it labeled like flares. And there's just three of Dale Wiley's fat bodies and the flare pattern. Yeah, that would be awesome. No, I have I all that. my, in all seriousness though, yeah, I do. I have all my stuff like that in a waterproof box. I think I'm going it through in my head. I have the air horn. Uh, I have like a battery meter, like a mm. voltage meter in the waterproof box. My first aid kit, the flares, yeah. And then like a lighter, I don't know, just, just in case. See, see if you're getting checked regularly by the nice folks on lake erie they throw a fit if your horn is like tucked away yeah same nice. with like your throwables nice and life jackets 
my life jackets are buried under like a pedestal and all of this gear that I'm talking about. So here's another question, and this is going to be a real dumb one, and it's okay. Fire extinguishers. Yep, necessary, sadly. So I, I bought one of those small, the, oh, and the one you sent me, they also sell that at Walmart. It's like 15 bucks, whatever it is, mm-hmm. 20 bucks, whatever it is. And it's just that little small fire extinguisher. So question, do you guys leave that? Like if I'm going to store this thing outside, should I pull the fire extinguisher out or can it just stay in there? Um, it could stay in there, but it would pro- it'll probably last longer and be pulling. So I think it all depends on the expiration date because it, yeah. you have to have a, it has to be an in-date mm-hmm. fire extinguisher. So, and that's something there should be like a extinguisher service company near, you know, I imagine there's hundreds of them in Pittsburgh, but For you can 15 just bring bucks. them in there and they'll recertify them, recharge them, whatever you need. Yeah. So that's my other question though. Cause if you guys look at those little 15, $20 fire Marine fire extinguishers, they call them yeah. like they're small. They're like real small. Right. right? Is that enough? Like if I, if I put that in the boat, like, is that enough for me to go out and what if something catches on fire? Like, is that going to be enough to handle it? Am I going to be better aim good? As long as your aim's good, I think. Yeah. I mean, how, how big of a fire is a 20 horsepower Yamaha in a, I mean, how big is the gas tank? Six gallons of gas. Yes, that that can burn. Right. It's (laughs) the gas. It's the gas more than anything. So, yeah, I mean, I think a small fire extinguisher is probably adequate. Would you do better with a bigger, with, with a larger one? I'm sure. All right. Well, do you want safe auto or what? Do you want state <laughs> minimum coverage? I mean, I get it, but I'm just asking the question. If you guys have ever seen those little tiny ones, like I took it out of the box and I was like, I don't know about this thing. Oh, see, mine's, I don't know what size that is because mine isn't that small i mean Mm -mm. it's i mean it's yeah it's like that size probably owen's like making this like big i feel like he's doing like the the five (laughs) dollar foot long thing from subway he's like like, trying to measure it vertically (laughs) get the tape measure out we're gonna measure something here yeah i have mine mounted under my dad or under my console like stashed away i don't know if yours came with a little plastic piece but you can just drill it right in Slap it out of the way so yeah. it's not rolling all around in the boat. That's where I mounted mine too, just right yeah. under the console on the right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just, where you start to lose space in like a little boat like yours, Ryan, or like especially like Owens or my boat. Like when you have shit out and about, like you lose space quick. So it's important to like get things put in their spot, I guess. Yeah, and Find that's what spot. I'm. I'm gonna do some of that this weekend. I'm gonna try to figure out where every every thing has a home but mm-hmm. you know there's all these other things like i finally got registered i finally got you know the plate for the trailer and everything like that um just waiting on stickers but you know like thinking through all this other stuff like man i've been kind of just going nuts over here like trying to pick stuff up i think i've got everything you know that's required at this point you know i'm working on storage right now but I still have, uh, I still got a lot of question marks. I don't want to get into some of this, but I did have an inner. What questions? What do you have? 
I had an interesting conversation about fogging the motor. Like we talked in our last couple about, you know, how we just don't think it's needed. Uh, and like, not maybe not so much that, but like even like Tom mentioned about how the motor like yeah, I didn't start up. Right? I'm sure it's necessary. I just hated it. It was terrifying. But yeah, yeah. So that's one. Like, I think I'm actually gonna do it. I think I'm gonna try to fog it, and then just see how it goes. Like Donnie's shaking his head. Like I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna see how it goes. This is gonna be a little experiment for next year, and if it really sucks bad, then I'm gonna not do that again. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad idea because you have no intention on fishing this winter whatsoever, from what I gathered. So I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I'm more shaking my head at the fact that you have no intention of fishing at all this winter. <clears throat> well, I figured I'll just jump on with you. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I always do. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't really have much else. Like I, I really, I would love to get a recommendation from you guys on a, on a musky net, you know, like I've, one. That I've, I've used enough to kind of know what I want, but, you know, do you guys have any recommendations on like a good starter musky net? Drifter XL. Yeah. I I have a Ranger. I don't particularly like the bag on it. Definitely could be a bigger bag, but works so good so far. The first one I had was the one like Tom has, the Power Stow. That's uh, what I have, yeah. Which I love the fold aspect of it absolutely despise the bag oh the bag oh, I, I hate the bag yeah. in fact in fact mark mark king was just telling me about that he sent me a link to uh, uh a company that will make you a new bag at whatever size you want you know the whole size the whole diameter that, the, that you want and, and i think i'm pretty i think i'm going to do that because with yeah. how small my boat is and ryan i mean you you're you're in a very similar boat to me and and tom and that you know space is going to be at a premium not necessarily when you're storing stuff but when you're out there on the boat mm -hmm. like and you're actually fishing and you got stuff everywhere like space is going to be uh you know limited and you i i think the folding fray bill just makes a big difference mm -hmm. but then again i've never used a a really big net that didn't fold in half like that so i don't know what uh, you know i don't know what what to expect with that do you guys keep that thing folded down while like while you're fishing no that's, no 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 that's a gray no. area no <laughs> not one 100 i open it up right. when if i'm if i'm fishing and if i'm trolling either whether i'm trolling or whether i'm casting it's and then opened up and laid out someplace where where it's easily accessed i was just gonna say if i'm alone yeah for sure open up because i've tried to open that thing with like a fish on the line a few times and it's a pain in the ass you got like you've got a foot on it trying to open it taco then you open the net and you rip the handle out and you're like so if you're alone, yeah, for sure. And if I'm with someone, I always ask them too. I'm like, like with Ryan, I'm like, how confident are you that you can get this thing open quick? And if they say like, oh yeah, I've opened a million, like, yeah, leave it shut, keep it out of the way. But if like Kayla, if I'm with Kayla or like someone new, then yeah, for sure. Keep it open. Cause it can be a pain. What are your I thoughts on the, uh, what are your thoughts on that drifter, that lightweight drifter tackle net? That not the, X, not the XL, but they have like a light never tried it yeah i don't know that one but i i had the 
Frayville Power Stove. I had the big one of that, the biggest one they make, which that was a little overkill, I feel like, too, especially because at the time I also had a smaller boat. That's when I had the Sylvan that I was using that thing. And it was a little bit ridiculous when it was opened up because it was as big as the damn boat. Mm-hmm. But uh <laughs> I will say it helps a lot. Like this year I got that net holder, which is basically just a rod tube that doesn't like pivot or whatever. And that helps a ton. Like when you're able to, and I will say like, if I'm casting, I don't really like the net up in the air, but when I'm trolling, man, and you can get that net off the deck and up in the air, like that's awesome. That saves you so much space in a little boat like ours. When you're in one like Donnie's, there's, it's not as big of a deal. Like the net doesn't take up three quarters of the boat, but now I, I will say the RS nets, I really like the bags on those nets. Like, I really love them. But, like, the bigger versions, man, they're kind of heavy. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I mean, I struggled. Like, I mean, I dumped the biggest fish I've ever seen in person for Charlie a couple of years ago. And I just couldn't control that net. You know, like, I just, I couldn't get enough leverage out. And that's one of the things, like, I noticed, like, with Donnie's net, and you have that XL, right? That, uh, yeah. And that's, that's what. I- that that like charlie's uh whatever rs i believe that's the 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 big size one that's the same size as what i had in the power stove that's the i think it's like a 40 by 44 is is that mm-hmm. that big standard size and i don't know my personal opinion is that's a little bit overkill uh, you know i i don't think you necessarily need it uh and that the the drifter xxl is the same size but when i bought went with the drifter when i got the new net this time i went to that regular size which is i think it's i i, I want to say 38 by 40 or something like that whatever that mid reg regular size if you will is but i like it a lot i think it's the perfect perfect size and uh the bag on the drifter it doesn't catch hooks like that power stove did i'm i'm very happy with it i've been thrilled with that net yeah, that's what I – so, I mean, that's food for thought, I think. You know, I had an interesting conversation. I think I've had it with Owen, too, and but I know I had it with Nate Budd, uh, like how far behind we are in America on nets. Like you look at Europe and, like, these pike guys, they're catching pike that are, like, equally as big as our muskie, if not some of them are bigger. Like that's not up for debate. Like they're slamming 45-inch pike, and they're using these nets that weigh, like, a pound and a half. They're, like, aerodynamic, like, aircraft-grade kind of shit. And here we are lugging around like 45 pound nets, struggling to swing them around unless we lift weights. I was going to yeah. say, unless you, unless you lift yeah. weights. Yeah. Speak but for yourself. But there, there, lift weights. Every day. But there, there was a cool company at the Muskie Max last year. I noticed they were like a fly fishing company, I think. And they made a musky net that was like kind of what I'm talking about. It's like a, it literally weighed like a pound. Like you could swing that thing around like a fly swatter. Uh, I did pick up fuses last night, by the way. So, that was a good day. Uh, it was a good day yesterday. I got to buy fuses. But Life. as Evan, Evan pointed out to me, it only really helps if you remember the fish finder. So I got to do that too. Yeah, that's a good one too. So that's my that's my dilemma for the next couple of weeks here. Now that I'm, I've got everything that's required and I've got, I got a tent that was delivered today. You guys should see this box on the back of my porch. God, I'm so I'm like I don't even want to deal with this project that I have here at home. But like a carport, it's a carport. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's gonna be my my weekend. But Whoa. I'll be I'll be uh, hunting for a graph here in the next two three weeks. So we'll see how that plays out. Might wanna might wanna check out some some Black Friday deals. Yeah. Some little birdies have have mentioned. Yeah, I went out to the I went out to the blackfriday.com site and I checked all the ads. And I mean there's not much in the way of a helix unit out there. I will say that. The Garmin seem like they're on sale though. There was a Larange unit too that looked really nice, but if I'm to be honest, like I really just want to stay with Hummingbird. Yeah. So like that's what you guys have, right? Nick, is that what you have on your boat? Yep. I just got a 10 used one. See, that's the thing is like, why would I go with anything else when everybody I've fished with in the last like three years runs for that's the thing? Because the then, like, minutes. say you get a f- big fancy Garmin and you need help with it, like, who the hell are you going to ask? Who, which, which one of your friends has that? Like, it's kind of you're it. stuck. Well, yeah, Luffy, Luffy, has. yeah, who you can yeah. ask now, Ryan? Yeah, figure it out. Luffy, you get on Facebook on your own, Garmin guy. <laughs> yeah, nerd. Yeah. Oh man, now Facebook now. groups. <laughs> Facebook groups. I don't do Facebook groups. I should I probably should though. You didn't you say there was a good one for electronics? Yeah, there's a hummingbird tricks and tips or something like that. There's some sale ones too that you can yeah. see stuff pop up on every now and again. Hmm. I got a Garmin unit in my garage that I still need to hook up. Bought it like five months ago. It's just sitting in a box. You got all nervous after the the cheat scope yeah. controversy. I, I was worried I wouldn't be able to do any more of the Chapter 16 tournaments if I hooked it up. So I was waiting till the end of the year. Yeah, you'd probably get kicked out of the uh, big baller tournament up on Chautauqua. Wait. Rot with controversy. What else do we have here to talk about? I don't know. Did we any other tools for Ryan? Um. I mean, other than, I mean, you've, you already have all the release tools and stuff. So you're talking about just boat tools, right? Like, yeah, you know, all. if troubleshooting yeah. on yeah. the water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I spotlight. really like that. Yeah. yeah. The spotlight. One Scare thing that would probably junkies. be helpful, but I feel like it would be a, uh, it would <laughs> cease to function if you just left it in the boat all the time, but like a little voltage meter. Harper Freight sells them for like I have that bucks. in my waterproof box. Yeah, That's I need to good, get one of them. You can get good, those for uh, free sometimes. Sometimes I send yeah. the coupon out, get one for free with no purchase. I think sometimes when you're buying other electrical items, they're like, mm-hmm. you better yeah, take this. Just yeah. take one. They have a <laughs> take one. Don't, don't die. Take this. All right. As much as I want to get the Harbor Freight uh, sponsorship as Someone who's been electrically trained and worked in the electrical field for a number of years, I'm going to throw out another <laughs> disclaimer to say that don't ever use the free Harbor Freight electrical tools <laughs> doing electrical work. Yeah, I've never used it. It's just there, but I have it. I just feel like we need a wah, wah, wah. I'd say it's better than nothing, <clears throat> but... You're there's trying. Not, there's no high voltage on your boat. You're good right. on your boat. I wouldn't yeah. do it in your house or, or in a right. uh, commercial environment or industrial area. Yeah. The best you're doing is 36 volts probably on your boat. So unless you got a unless you got an amp for a radio or something. And a lure retriever. That just that just popped in my head. 
Do you have one, Ryan, yet? Oh, yeah, I got one. There you go. You're ready Ryan. to fish. Ryan's like, been snagging trolling baits for six years. He got <laughs> he has a lure retriever. Yeah, I got a I got a I got a lure retriever from Mr. Frank Alcorn. Yep. I got the Same big here. boy. So Ryan, I do believe I have an extra anchor if you need one, and I have an extra stern light as well. I got I a bought, whole bunch of extra anchors. If well, you see, I bought an anchor already, but that was the other reason I asked what? you guys that question. I bought an anchor already. Why on earth would uh, you do that? I got a whole collection. I don't They're free. Know. They're dude, free. You just troll around okay. enough. Yeah, just, you're gonna get one. I'm just, I'm just winging it, dude. I'm going into stores like every night, and I'm just buying another thing. So, I, uh, I, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Oh, what did you just say? While you're thinking about that, I keep thinking that I, sh- I need to start like hanging all the anchors that I find from the tree in my front yard. Just kind of like a creepy. That's pretty cool. No, you remember. should start going to the 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 uh, the flea market and becoming the anchor guy. I, you, know, you, you have all the different all the different anchors. You got like the ten pound, the fifteen. Like Bubba pound. Gump with anchors. You got the the bell anchor. You <laughs> got the you know what. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe if somebody was paying me like a thousand dollars an anchor or something, I would go to a flea market. But I think it was last year. Charlie and I got a real big one on uh, on the tuning. It was nice. like a forty pounder. I think oh, it was like yeah. in the shape of like a ship anchor. You know? oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like oh yeah. Or you could start like an Etsy store and start painting them, like crafting with them, making little care, putting little googly eyes and stuff on them. Yeah, so I haven't gone through the effort of hanging them in the tree. So definitely not <laughs> probably not going to paint them. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I'm surprised nobody's trying to like melt these down and just use them to fill for walleye. For walleye, yeah. But whatever, I don't know. Still, my favorite I've ever seen is just uh, the rotor off of a car. Like a brake rotor. Wow. Oh, yeah. Passed out there. I've never caught one of those. Yeah. I got the uh, the concrete bucket a number oh, of times. Oh, that's a good one. The oh, yeah. Five-gallon bucket of concrete. I did uh, – I landed a nice – it was like one of those cinch bags that you can wear as like a backpack. Uh, caught one of those on a matlock. <laughs> Filled with a combination of empty beer cans and rocks. Mm. Very nice. Oh, that's how they got the MacGyver action. Yep, I thought that was I thought that was a monster coming in on the matlock. Teenage kid ditching his uh, beer cans. Hiding yeah. the evidence. Thinking to the that's, bottom of the lake. Cops must have been waiting at the dock. <laughs> Something. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I I was gonna go somewhere with that, and then I can't remember what I was gonna say. So. Something with the stern light, or oh, it was the light nav light. So I only have the I only have the bow light. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not? You you may want to look a little closer. Check all your compartments. A lot lot of times they will snap up someplace, Mm -hmm. like inside of a compartment. So that's actually how I ended up with two, because I didn't realize (laughs) that they were in there, and I went like I'm I'm you know same as you Ryan. I'm like I wanted to like get everything, so I'm like hell. I got stern light, and there it is. It's snapped up inside the well, the, the storage unit. He right. has the he has the bow light like mounted under the dash. Yeah, I would so, think I would think that, yeah. Check the top side of your rod your side storage. There, but, uh, okay. Either way, we're good, Ryan, because you only have the front light and I only have a back light. So we're good. We're Perfect good. team. <laughs> yeah, That's great. Good to go. 
<laughs> All right, I'll hold off on buying nav lights, but well, so I, uh, your your bow light is it? What is it? Are they bow lights that are attached, or is it like a bow light that you insert you into insert the socket? Okay, it's a post light. Yeah, there's a socket out front. Gotcha. Yeah, mine went in the river. And if you don't have the little things like you're talking about to store them, you can get them on eBay really cheap. I forget what they're called, but that's what I did in mine. I bought like four of the little rubber things that you shove them in. Gets those out of the way too. Yeah. Yeah. I got to work on all that stuff, but I was well, curious Donnie, about if, that. If you need one, I got an extra bow light too. So I'll bring, I'll bring that home. If you said yours is at the bottom of the river. I have an extra stern light if anyone wants to be my friend. I already have one of those, so I'm good. Yeah, shit. All right. <laughs> Hmm. I, I mean, well, don't uh, give a time though. I'll drop that one in the river too. <laughs> and I decided okay. to, Tom. This one's for you. Oh, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just bite the bullet and smart man buy the uh, the bumpers, the dock dongs, the dock dongs. <laughs> Smart I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. It's not going to happen right now, but it's going to happen at some point. I love Doc Dongs. Doc Dongs. Yep. <laughs> I found pretty good ones. And like we said, especially if you're going to Deep Creek and you're tying off at a place like that for a long yeah, time, dude, those things, you are going to get your like silent tossed. Nothing gets in the way like those things. I know. You that's know, why I don't want to deal with it. stash them away. That's what I mean. I, I keep all mine in the bilge. I have two of them. They go right in the bilge, like one along the gas tank, one that found hey. their home. That is never, all, never tie up to a dock. That's all yeah. space that you could be putting musky lures in. In the bilge? Who the hell puts lures in their bilge? If you can fit those big dock dongs in there, I guarantee <laughs> you. I, yeah. <laughs> in there. Yeah. <laughs> big dock dongs. I have big that's black ridi- ones. That's ridiculous. That's I have ridiculous. Giant, I have XL black ones, too. They're like, they're like meant for a yacht. Yens, yens need to grow up. <laughs> that's no joke i really do have big giant black ones i know you do we know we've seen them well well big black dog dogs ended on dog dogs yep <laughs> i do have a boga on order too by the way with, oh, with senior toddler party so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do the boga too next year. I'm excited yeah. about it. I can't Look wait to smile. I can't wait yeah. to boga musky. Boga musky on my own boat. I'll tell I you know. what, Big old, nice. I can't wait to see that first picture of Ryan on his on his Alumacraft with a big old musky vertically boga on the boga right on the bow. Hang them high right from up. the boga. Dock dong still dangling off the boat in the background. Didn't take yeah. them off. They're wearing yeah. stocks and Crocs. <laughs> Slides. Yeah. People will yeah. be hollering on at you. Husky. For... Yeah, husky jerks. <laughs> the husky jerk. Uh... <laughs> in his elbow. Right, the, the ugly stick in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, ugly stick balanced over his Yeah, back. balance across the shoulders. <laughs> oh, That's what God. you need to do is... You need to do the shotgun pose or bazooka pose with the musky with with the ugly stick in the musky's mouth. You know what? Maybe we'll make that happen. That's next level. I love that one. Make that happen. Good squeeze on their vital organs when you Mm -hmm. shove them out there for the camera. Might have to go husky jerking just for that picture this winter. We'll see. 
might make that one happen. That'd be a good one. Take pop the shirt off too. Ooh, for sure. You, you got to. That's what the people want. Mm. Nobody wants this. Hold my shirt. We're 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 we're, re- we're reaching here. <laughs> we're just, Go to bed. It's time. Yeah. It's time for bed. time to wrap it up. All right, boys. Well, until next time. Hopefully, yeah. someone got something useful out of this one. I think if they not, did. If not, we'll try again next time. Yeah, Nate Bud loved all, it. That's all. That's that matters. all we can do. Harvest <laughs> rate. Hopefully, we'll, we'll someone's call. listening. Yeah, maybe we'll get some coupons. Yeah. Maybe. All right, boys. All right. Till next time. See you. Bye. Fuck daylight savings time.